In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Just because you can write your name in the snow, just because you look down and you realize, wow, I have the anatomy that makes me a male, that does not mean you're a man. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is for you to become your best by calling you in to the arena of manhood, calling you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and calling you up to your absolute best version of you. Because when you get it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, I'm Jim Ramos with Men in the Arena and the Men in the Arena podcast, and I'm here today to talk to you about my newest book, The Man Card, Five Characteristics Separating Men from Boys. You know, when I wrote the book, The Man Card, I wrote that in response to men who are confused about who they are. You know, how does a male know when he's crossed into manhood? Is Does he have a rite of passage? Is it his first fight, losing his virginity, getting married? Is it his ability to vote? Uh, the privilege to fight for his country? You know, is it getting a first job, a driver's license? What is it? You know, better than yet, what is a man? In other words, what does he look like? Is he rich? Is he a great athlete? Is he a computer programmer? Is he an artist or musician? Is he into extreme sports? Is he a pastor? Is he big, tough, and strong? Is he Chuck Norris? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, hey, wh- where does a man learn about being a man? Hopefully, it's from his dad. Maybe it's from a respected coach. Maybe the movies, maybe he's YouTubed it, you know, Uh, maybe he had to Google or maybe he learned it from watching episodes of The Bachelor. You know, we live in this society where men are just confused and because they're confused, we've come up with these man laws to help us understand what a man is not. For example, one of the rules I, I, I think is hilarious is the proximity rule. In other words, if I walk into a man's bathroom and I, I look and I have nobody at any of the urinals, I'm going to take the far left urinal. And I do that because I don't want to put the next guy in a bind. Well, when the next guy walks in, he can choose any urinal he wants except for the one next to me. If he comes right next to me, give me your man card, buddy. Another one is what I call this three-second rule. You can hug me. You can. That's fine. I'll give a man a hug, but man, it's three seconds and out. You linger and you've got a man law violation on your hands. Another one we like to joke about is what I call the selfie rule. Men don't take selfies unless their wife is involved. Now, I know that flies in the face of this uh, Snapchat generation, but nonetheless. How about on Facebook? Never poke me. Never invite me to play Candy Crush Saga. Never invite me to play Farmville. And don't ever wave to me uh, on Facebook. It's just a man law violation. Another one is this, toasting rule. 
if we're drinking a beer or if we're having a pop with our buddies or watching the game, we toast. We always toast on the bottom of the bottle because if we toast at the top, it's like kissing that dude. So these are funny things like men don't share the same umbrella. You know, men don't hike on the back of a Harley together, different things like that. And being a bald man, please don't rub my bald head. That's a man law violation. Now, fanny packs. I personally do not, do not mess with guys the fanny packs because those guys usually are carrying some heat in there and uh, they're going to shoot you. So I just uh, I just kind of leave that one alone. But this this is all fun and games, but it goes to speak to this point that men are generally confused about what it means to be a man. In fact, there are what I call four misconceptions of manhood. The first one is this. I am anatomically a man. Listen, just because you can write your name in the snow just because you look down and you realize, wow, I have the anatomy that makes me a male, that does not mean you're a man. Maleness is about form. Manhood, however, is about functions, function. A man is as a man does. Man is a utilitarian term. And so this is more than simple anatomy or biology. Misconception two is this. I am chronologically a man. And I'll tell you what, guys, I can tell you horror stories of 40, 50, 60 year old males masquerading as men. Remember, remember, a man is as a man does, not how old that man is. Misconception number three is this I am legally a man. So just because I have the ability to uh, drink my first beer, or fight for my country, or uh, drive a car does not make me a man. Manhood is how I respond to these these issues and these these opportunities where the government has said I'm legally a man. How a man responds makes him a man, not just somebody saying you are now legally able to do X. And misconception four is this, I'm financially a man. You know, that's really interesting because I believe that Jesus is the ultimate alpha male. In fact, he's the ultimate alpha and omega male. We base everything upon Jesus, yet Jesus himself said, the son of man has no place to lay his head. So for me to be, a, 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 a let's say, a 22-year-old multimillionaire just because I'm six foot four, have a great fastball with a left hand, and I can walk out on the mound and have thousands of people cheering for me, that does not make me a man. Money does not make me a man, and that flies in the face of our modern culture. But we must unashamedly carry this mantle of manhood when we understand what it means to be a man. In 1997, the Baptist Press surveyed that when a mother is the first to become a Christian in her household, there's a 17% probability that everyone in her household will follow. But when that man gives his life to Christ, there's a 93% chance. And here's what I believe. I believe that men matter to God. I believe the human that God, whenever he does something in Scripture, almost every time starts with a man. The human race started with a man, Adam. The covenant of the Testaments was given to a man, Abraham. The 12 tribes of the nation of Israel began with a man, Jacob. The redemption of Israel was given through a man, Moses. The promised land was conquered through a man, Joshua. The royal prototype of Messiah was a man, David. The Savior of the world came as a man, Jesus. He began his ministry with 12 men, the disciples. The leader of the first church was a man, Peter. The leader to the non-Jewish community was a man, Paul. And the transformative leader in your family is you. And we must get this as churches. We must get this as a society. When we get this, 
Everyone wins. When a man gets it, everyone wins. Sex trafficking crashes. Prostitutes are unemployed. Divorce rates decline. Prisons empty. Child abuse is eradicated. Economies climb. Nations are changed. Communities are impacted. Families are transformed. Listen, it all rests on the shoulders of men. I firmly believe that men are the problem to 80 to 90% of our society's problems and issues. I also believe that men are the, the solution. But men as conquerors, men as, as, as guys who like to charge that next hill, we have to have an understanding of what it means to be a man. And we call this the man card. Now, when we developed the man card, we had to we had to work through a couple issues because if it's going to be the man card, it needs to be the man card for every man, not just the church man or the American man. In other words, the man card had to transcend religion. Even though I'm a sold-out Christian man, I realized that to call something truth, it has to transcend all forms of religion. It has to transcend ethnicity. It, the, the definition of manhood, the man card, needs to be a man card in America. It needs to be the man card in Ethiopia. It needs to be the man card in India. It needs to be the man card in Russia. And it needs to transcend time. So the, the, the definition of manhood 500 years ago needs to be the same one that we'll be talking about in 5,000 years in the future. It needs to transcend time, and it needs to transcend demographics. It shouldn't matter how much money you live have. It shouldn't matter uh, if you live in a, a small town or if you live in a big city. It shouldn't matter if you live in a suburb or a rural community. It shouldn't matter you know, you know, what your uh, economic situation is. It needs to transcend all of that. It's called our man card, and it's simply this. Now, I want you to notice the five uh, progressive forms of the verbs that we use here. Manhood is... Protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. And we'll unpack what that looks like in our next episode. This is Dale Culver, and you've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. If you hunger to be your best version, then join thousands of men from around the world on our closed Men in the Arena forum on Facebook. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of manhood. In our passion to help all arena men, we're offering an excellent free resource when you visit our homepage at meninarena.org. Simply give us your email and we'll send you a free PDF version of Jim's book for men called The Field Guide, a bathroom book for men. It's a daily study of manly words in the Bible explained with great stories. Thank you for listening to this episode, the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Dale Culver signing off. Until next time, thank you for joining men in the arena from around the world who are becoming their best version. And remember, when a man gets it, everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.